0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Team NXT CD, Danny Mac, bringing you episode 90 of the Undisputed Future Podcast, your home for NXT discussion. Thank you so much for listening. It feels great to be in the condition to record a new episode. A lot has gone on since the last time I had spoken to you guys. Um, Lots of just personal... Personal drama to overcome, I started a brand new job in Manhattan, finally, so I'm getting myself back on a more consistent schedule, and just kind of adjusting to a new, to just a new couple life changes, this, that, and the other thing, sitting here with the Velveteen dog, Colin again, getting out episode 90, after all this time, finally, on the road to episode 100, ends I kind of knew at the end of episode 89 I knew there was going to be some sort of break just between a really hectic and complicated job search but finally back on my feet over that and just kind of really wanted to start the road to episode 100 where I was in good physical and mental health as well and I hope you all are doing the same haven't spoken to you guys since before June 12th, where there was a special televised taping from Bel Air, Maryland for NXT. Ironically, Bianca Bel Air missing from the televised card of this show. That's the first thing that stuck out to me, but I'm going to go as far back as there and as far recently as the July 10th edition of NXT TV. Not going to so much highlight the stuff that has happened in June, because there have been a lot of changes, some debuts, the start of the breakout tournament, just a lot of wrestling in general has happened since the last time I sat here and did an episode, AEW's Fighter Fest and Stomping Grounds, and we got Extreme Rules coming up tomorrow, by the way, it's Saturday, July 13th when I'm getting this episode out, which is Fight for the Fallen tonight, as well as the Evolve Anniversary Special. Featuring NXT champion Adam Cole, Akira Tozawa, Matt Riddle, I'm sure Johnny Gargano will get some spotlight. So many notable Evolve talents have paved the way there and have jumped ship over to NXT and have done absolutely revolutionary things for this brand. So I'm a big fan of the Evolve promotion. I gotta get to a show out here in New York myself. Unfortunately, unable to make this anniversary show this evening but I digress. Let's jump into some NXT discussion, something that uh, really doesn't doesn't really sh- take shape, and uh, quite frankly, it's not highlighted in the best light right now. A Candice LeRae and Io Shirai tag team did take on Marina Shafir and Jasmine Duke of the Queen's Army. This continued animosity would continue, Candice with obvious aggression towards the Queen's Army and their interference during Shirai's TakeOver 25 title match against Shayna Baszler. Eo Shirai and Candace LeRae were successful as a tag team in this bout. Both teams did highlight their strengths. I really think Marina Shafir and Jesmond Duke are growing their ring legs quite well with this adjustment to pro wrestling, able to incorporate their MMA skills similar to a Ronda Rousey and their leader, Shayna Baszler. So I've been impressed with Shafir and Duke recently. I thought I was going to be a lot more impressed and impacted by this Candice LeRae and Io Shirai tag team, but we we have a steel cage to discuss as well. Uh, Shirai would send a message at the end of this match to Shayna Baszler, dealing a little bit of Shayna's medicine to her own tag team partner and stomping out Jessamine Duke's Elbow. So between the takeover 25 assault and this ruthless aggression shown to Jesamine Duke, the seeds slowly planted for a change in Io Shirai's demeanor. The highlight of this Bel Air tapings, though, had to be the submission match between Kushida and now cruiserweight champion Drew Gulak, an absolutely chain wrestling clinic. Kushida consistent in his offense attacking the left arm setting up that hoverboard lock really great back and forth excellent technique when you think submission mastery in today's WWE landscape you cannot go too far down the list without mentioning Drew Gulak and quite frankly he could be the uh, the, the front runner on that list and dropping quite frankly is already just like a Vince McMahon promo Uh, Kushida would take the win, snap into this hoverboard lock for the win, going 2-0 against Drew Gulak, but even a slight show of sportsmanship and a thank you for this match. Vanessa Bourne and Aaliyah would take offense to Mia Yim's claim to a title shot, offering her fashion, speech, and grammar lessons. Aaliyah would face Mia Yim, and I'll be discussing that as well. A uh, special shout out to Mansoor for winning the largest battle royal in WWE at the Super Showdown event, a controversial event, but a really great showing for a hometown superstar and uh, Mansoor clearly storming through the ranks and uh, really historic title win for the NXT Superstar, also featured on NXT UK from time to time. Undisputed Era would take on 1-2 Punch, also at this Bel Air taping. Great match. Roddy and Kyle O'Reilly back in the tag team groove, whereas unfortunately, Bobby Fish is in a sling. All I want out of life recently is a healthy Bobby Fish. Undisputed Era up and running in 100% peak condition can really lay into the promise of being draped in gold by the end of this year. I could watch Oni Lorcan fight anybody. Had a really great showing against Arya Davari in an Anything Goes match this week of Extreme Rules being on Sunday. I thought that was a really good match. I could watch Oni Lorcan fight anybody at any time. Lorcan flies through the air like you're throwing a shot put, and that will not be the first time I mention that on this episode. A really strike heavy, really excellent match. Jackson Ryker would cause a ruckus at ringside choke-slamming security, the Forgotten Sons' vow not to be forgotten in the grand scheme of NXT Tag Team title wrestling. Roddy would get distracted by this assault, get caught by Birch in a roll-up, and the tag team saga between these two teams would continue. Don't forget, Oni Larkin and Danny Birch have faced off with the Undisputed Era at TakeOver Chicago, one of my favorite matches that won Two Punch has been a part of. This victory would vow William Regal to be inclined to name them number one contenders, which happens most recently on NXT TV. A brief look at the June 19th edition of NXT, because the date is 619 and Rey Mysterio is my favorite pro wrestler, so I'm of course going to discuss this episode. Undisputed Era would begin this night with a boom, the beginning of a, prof- of a prophecy of Fulfilled, And not only that, it would also be the beginning of the Adam Cole NXT Champion World Tour, baby. Also an outrageously long hashtag that just so happens to break up perfectly on Twitter's mobile version. So uh, check out at podcast underscore UF and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. But going into what the champion envisions for NXT, he wants to remake the NXT universe into an undisputed Image. Why not start with a brand new intro video? Thank you, Kyle O'Reilly. I'm sure a lot of iMovie and Final Cut effort was put into this, and I really enjoyed this segment as a whole. The quest for gold and power. And I think the power and the statements made are more important in the eyes of Adam Cole and the absolute control of the NXT brand. Enter Dream and Matt Riddle. Roddy would dispute Dream's claim to both titles, possibly setting up Roderick Strong as a number one contender in the North American Championship scene. Who knows? Matt Riddle says, I beat you, and I beat you too, Cole. So why not line up the original bro for a shot at some NXT gold again? Breeze would come out after speaking to Mr. Regal. And if we know what NXT Tyler Breeze brings to the table, it's that he was probably laying on William Regal's office desk and uh, greeted him whilst taking a selfie. Only cares about the claim of building the brand of NXT. Tyler Breeze, an NXT original, an NXT veteran, very hard to do. But the OG chant from the full-sale crowd would show their appreciation, and a six-man tag team title match would be the main event of this NXT episode. Damian Priest making his debut this episode. I could probably discuss this large powerhouse in one segment here. Raul Mendoza, Raul Mendoza, after a couple wins under his belt, is back to making guys look great on a debut. Priest would be looking to dish out punishment Across any NXT opponent. If you saw what I did there. Thank you. I hope that punishment Martinez joke. Did not fall flat. He has the size. He has the strength. And he has the striking. Damian Priest is an immediate threat. Not only to Raul Mendoza. But Damian Priest would tear through. Most. Most of his NXT interactions thus far. Including. A clash with Blanco Loco. And you gotta be crazy to step into the ring with Priest. And absolutely Loco to think that you could stop him. Jumping around a little bit. I believe that was on the most recent week of NXT television. The only thing that stood out really from that match. It was business as usual for Damian Priest. But Blanco Loco appeared to have gotten the No Mercy 64 stock superstar music. If I'm dating myself with that reference then uh, I don't apologize because that is the greatest pro wrestling game to be released. No Mercy 64 music followed up Cyclone Boot, a swinging cutter known as The Reckoning would spell out disaster for both Raul Mendoza and Blanco Loco. I am a big fan of Damian Priest. Number one, New York City native as I bring you this podcast from Carmella's kayfabe kingdom of Shaolin, Staten Island, New York. So that's number one. Number two, a dark and looming presence in NXT. Big fan of Aleister Black as well. So he has my blessing on that front. And if you can deliver a Cyclone boot as a credible finisher, I think that should have been what ended the match. Really, my only critique is that I think a lot of people are using a swinging neckbreaker, swinging cutter type of maneuver. So I think Damian Priest ending with a hard hitting and heavy strike like that boot I think it's a change from what we have seen out of other superstars, and I think that it could really put the emphasis on the strike-based offense. But Damian Priest's successful debut, undefeated record to kick off his NXT tenure. Spiraling back a little bit, a Mia Yim hype video. I'm going to be discussing a lot of women's wrestling here as well, including uh, Mia Yim's claim to a number one contendership. She would go on to face Aaliyah, but I really like this. Mia Claim going through her history, her experience growing up in the streets and the struggle and just that really relatable and getting up more times than you've been knocked down, sort of, although I don't know how that's possible. You've been knocked down a bunch, you should be getting up just as many times, I should probably say there. Anyway, my favorite quote from this hype video this Great video package that we have all come to expect from WWE and NXT is I Am the Hell and the High Water. She's been through it and she personifies it. I Am the Hell and the High Water, and Shayna Baszler is going to have to go through somebody really tough moving into this NXT Women's Championship scene, assuming that she will be named the next contender to Baszler. What else we got? Tanara Conti versus Zia Lee. Another great promising women's match. Really building the division back up. A couple character the character change with Io Shirai, building up Zaylee, giving Tainara Kanti a little bit more spotlight. Big fan of Tainara Kanti. I think that if we want to go back to a previous call, the Undisputed Era did hire Tanara Conti almost as a hired gun earlier, probably at Well, at the beginning of their advent as a stable, I believe. I mean, it was shortly after NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3. I recall that correctly. It had to be around that summer, maybe even the fall or the winter. But Tainara Conti, if they want a representation in the NXT Women's Division, Conti keeps on improving. She's got that attitude. She has that Latina fire. And she's trying to prove that she does it better. Would not happen at the hands of Zilee, Lee, would find herself successful on this edition of NXT. Not too much to say about that match. I thought it was really good. I thought it's a real step in the right direction of uh, rebuilding the division. Get some, uh, get some new talents up in the spotlight for a little bit. We would see a championship edition of Street Talk, which had one simple message, and that is to party on Full Sail University. Steel Cage match versus Shirai and Shayna, I will get to discussing Wild versus Garza, the first match in the NXT Breakout Tournament. I'm going to try and cover the Breakout Tournament all in one segment, probably moving on to the, uh, I'll probably just cover that after I discuss this great six-man tag team match between Tyler Breeze, Matt Riddle, Velveteen Dream, and the Undisputed Era. Not too many notes on this match because I love me a high-octane main event that I need to pay attention to absolutely every single second on my TV. One noticeable factor here is the three big egos on the side of Breeze, Dream, and Riddle. A little bit of debate who would start this match, whereas Undisputed Era, a well-oiled machine as we have come to all realize now really a great match, fast-paced, exciting, exciting stuff, and what else, what else can we say about Matt Riddle, Matt Riddle is the future of the whole business here, Undisputed Era would walk out successful with this match, I'm trying not to spend too much time on past main events, as good as these matches are, all I can really do is vow that and encourage that you, uh, that you check out these matches. If you're listening to me just for the sake of catching up on NXT, this is a must-see match. However, Breeze and Dream getting back on the same page could not stop the constant chemistry that the Undisputed Era has. Strong would knock out Dream, ends of heartache, pinning the North American champion, setting up even further of a claim for Strong, As number one contender to the C-H-A-M-P, the D-R-E-A-M. And Roddy and Dream is definitely a TakeOver-worthy match that I'm really hoping to see happen. That covers July... June. June. I want to jump into July, but there's so many things that I just can't find myself reasons to skip over. Moving on. Moving on. June 26th. Shayna vs. Shirai in the Steel, headlining this edition of NXT, and we had the breakout tournament starting in round one, Joaquin Wilde versus Angel Garza, fun fact, the cousin of Humberto Carrillo, now 205 live talent, now also known to make an appearance on NXT television here and there, Two. Talents to keep their eyes on in Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo. I was also very impressed with Joaquin Wilde. Wild's overcoming a life-changing accident. He's, charismat- he's charismatic, really pushing himself, really admired the attitude of Joaquin Wild. Angel Garza is as charismatic and cocky as the day is long. I loved the breakaway pants. High selling point. You don't see many pretty boy gimmicks pulling that off anymore. Last time I recall, that was Cesaro doing it during his entrance. Just, I want to say last year, maybe 18 months ago, somewhere along those lines. I think it was pre-bar days. It was pre-bar days, maybe even followed him into that tag team for a little while. But Angel Garza picking that back up, and I'm a straight man, but I was a big fan of uh, just what it represented and the confidence that Angel Garza appears to have in himself. Love the stripper breakaway pants, Magic Mike XL featured a couple pro wrestlers in it, so uh, not too far of a stretch. Anyway, back to the actual in-ring element of this match, Wild is resilient, high-flying, the dive through the top and the middle turnbuckle, I'm used to seeing that on NXT with Sami Zayn tornado DDT or Bailey diving through and hitting a dropkick underneath the bottom turnbuckle, but man, what a unique piece of offense out of Joaquin Wild. We would see a super Spanish fly in this match, but Angel Garza with a beautiful maneuver that I can really only phrase as a butterfly guillotine-looking stunner. Great way to pick up a win. Excellent offense. Big fan of both these guys. A breakout way to begin this breakout tournament. Round one would continue with... Cameron Grimes, yes, Cameron Grimes versus Isaiah Swerve Scott, that was not me watching Law & Order SVU, that is also my text messaging sound, anyway, Cameron Grimes trains under the Hardy compounds. I suppose, another North American native, Isaiah Swerve Scott, the formerly known Shane Strickland, I was a little bit familiar with his work, you know, just falling down YouTube rabbit holes and discovering new pro wrestlers to become fans of, I definitely fell on the swerve bandwagon very quickly. Convinced that his confidence would lead him to victory, Grimes just offering more size, more power, also very strong, also technical, and he's also very vocal. A lot, of, uh, a lot of guttural sounds made up during this, uh, during this matchup in the breakout tournament here. Swerve, very quick, very sudden, very unique forms of offense. Really good back-and-forth match. This is a true, true round one match that I thought could have gone to either side, and I was quite frankly surprised that Swerve did not pick up the win. Grimes would come out swinging with a swinging cross-body power slam rebound. It was another really crazy setting up maneuver for a double foot stomp, which would seal the W for the Hardy compound product. I'm loving this breakout tournament. Let's get these guys who are new to NXT TV, but not new to the NXT system. Big, big fan of the NXT live event circuit. Whenever I can get to a show, I do because we're going to see these talents that have not quite shown on nxt television yet so and we could just dive in sit back and say finally for some of these guys and i'm sure a lot of you are not watching some of these talents for the very first time which means you got more of a leg up than than i do so if you're a little bit more familiar with some talents be proud of that because you saw them first and now we're all just hopping on your bandwagon Love the match, love the first rounds, great tournament so far so good. What else we have here? Most recently, we had the last round of breakout tournament. Boa, the Chinese superstar versus Jordan Miles. Jordan Miles has got the smile that goes on for Miles. And really impressive speed, a lot of unique offense. Good, good stuff. I was really impressed with the striking ability of Boa as well, Taekwondo background, as well as a Jiu-Jitsu background, something that I can personally relate to, but I was really pulling for Jordan Miles in this matchup, able to seal the victory with an impressive 540. The anime superhero, I believe he's, uh, he's going by now. Not really sure of that nickname, not a big watcher of anime, but if it gets people on his side and in his fan base, let that stuff continue. Miles versus Garza next week, and that being the July 17th edition of NXT. Just to make sure you guys know I'm keeping on track with what I'm discussing here. Miles versus Garza will kick off round two. Let's jump back just a little bit because I got a lot to say on this. June 26th edition with Shayna versus Shirai in the steel. We got a Kushida video just even more excited about this WWE opportunity. You can really see the passion coming from Kushida. The potential of opponents not just in NXT but in all of WWE appears to be the most exciting element for Kushida and I cannot wait to see what dream matches could come from this. The Prophets versus the Forgotten Sons, a little bit of an impromptu pre-match promo by these two teams. We thought it might have broken out in a a tag team title defense, but this would all just really lead to a tag team clash of chaos. It would carry on until Riker would interfere, but then one-two punch, making their rescue, but not without their eyes on the titles. And of course, we now know they would get what they appeared to be owed by the Street Profits in a tag team title match just this past week on NXT TV. And I want to take a little bit of a pause here and thank you guys again for listening and for keeping up with this complicated, smorgasbord, hodgepodge of a format that I got going on here because I'm just flipping back between my notes, and just kind of compiling all my favorite talking points, and I'm really trying to cover everything with a vast range of time, but I'm also trying to stay within my usual time limit that I put myself on this show, so thank you guys for checking out again, and yeah, just uh, apologies for this format, I will be back on track next time. Killian Dane returning to NXT, apparently with some sort of sanity solo gimmick mixed with an ira attack survivor or maybe a part of the ira himself against british forces because dane would go on to speak of the horrors he has seen and found himself in throughout his life and i'm ready for killian dane to be back on nxt am i upset that sanity is disbanded? you're damn right Sanity vs. Arthur pain is one of my favorite NXT matches I've ever seen live. You go back to when Eric Young and Rezar were brawling in the crowd. You could see me and my friends right there at ringside slapping Eric Young on the shoulders. So yeah, I'm a little bit upset that the Sanity faction is no more. But I am ready for Killian Dane to be used to his full potential. Also shout out to the great work that his wife Nikki Cross has been doing recently as well. I don't want to talk about this match too much only because I really didn't like the guy's gear. Nikos Rikos would be crushed by Keith Lee. The limit breaker slam would seal the W on the man with the worst gear, the worst gear and even a worse idea to slap Keith Lee. Rikos not thinking straight and being driven straight into the ground. Now, here's where we get to some heavy talking points. Adam Cole, Bay Bay World Champion World NXT Championship Celebration Tour. Cole's run as champion and the glory that comes with it. He would go from the Download Fest to Cleveland, Ohio, parked right outside Johnny Gargano's Family Catering and I believe pizzeria. And this would be in the sights of Adam Cole. And Adam Cole would make his presence known to Mr. Gargano. The World Championship Celebration Tour would continue leaving Gargano's a meaningful signed photo. But at least he gave them their business. Ordering four pizzas, probably one for each of the dude crew, the Undisputed Era, each getting their own pie. That's how a champion takes care of his boys. But that is not how a kind man, to say the least... Would uh, would treat the city of Cleveland and would treat more specifically Johnny Gargano's family business, Gargant, Mister Gargano, appearing displeased with the addition to his wall of fame. My assumption in where the food would be going was was wrong. Um, just kind of thought everybody would get their own pizza in the undisputed era, but it would be brought to a local independent training school. Not really sure. Um. Whereabouts, not that familiar with the city of Cleveland myself, but he would bring a pizza party to the youngins and the fans of Gargano and those who took pictures with Johnny and when Johnny had the NXT championship and putting the thought into these young men that they can become NXT champions someday. But Cole would slap them with a little bit more of a harsher view of his reality, get out of the school. Get out of this city and find yourself a new hero. Kind of harsh, kind of truthful words. (laughs) When a heel makes a good point, when you could say, damn it, he's kind of right, but you still hate him for it. That's when you know the good work is being done. That's when you know that the NXT champion Adam Cole is in your head. And that's... When you realize, hey, he might be right. But Johnny Gargano inspired these men. Johnny Gargano is probably going to continue to inspire these talents. And I really wish that entire training round the best of luck. And if something in the future could be brought up by this brief interaction between Adam Cole and one or multiple of these promising talents in this Cleveland, Ohio training school. I don't know, could be built for, uh, for a future story we see somewhere down the road in 2024 or something like that. Let's move on. Jeff Parker would be crushed and snapped by Kushida. The big thing that stuck out to me about Jeff Parker was he wore a Daniel Sun from the Karate Kid-like headband, and Kushida would just tie the young man up like a pretzel, would launch the Masahiro Tanaka wind-up pitch. Big New York Yankees fan myself, so that's probably my favorite move thus far in the to, the Kushida moveset. He would split the face of this young man, lock in the hoverboard lock, and continue his own undefeated streak in NXT. Breeze would dis- Tyler Breeze would dismiss some claims made by the Undisputed Era building NXT and saying NXT Breeze built NXT the foundation, ends is the grounds of gorgeous. No, Tyler Breeze didn't say that. That was just my own little, uh, little interpretation of this promo. Anyway, I mentioned Bianca Belair not being featured in the show for Belair Maryland, but uh, she was featured here. Back to squashing people. And more specifically this week would be Priscilla Zuniga. I hope I got that down right, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right. The earrings would come off and the beating would go down. Bianca Belair absolutely infuriated. She's not NXT champion yet. Belair is pissed off after being passed passed on for another NXT Women's Championship opportunity. Possibly in favor of her former rival in Mia Yim. I think Bianca Belair is a little bit past beating up nobodies. But this was a very fun match to witness. Power bombs and all the real display of strength by Bianca Belair. Oh, air conditioning just kicked on. I hope the background noise is not too distinct. I will go remedy that right after I tell you how Bianca Belair destroyed this young lady, power bombing her practically through the ring and the EST of NXT with a win, looking to get back on track. Alright, moving on. Uh sometimes you gotta make well You got to make your own pause breaks when you're doing a solo show here. Ladies and gentlemen, there's no back and forth for me to take breaks on, so you got to make your own breaks. And good time to break because now I can discuss the original Bros Combat Sports video. I absolutely loved this because Matt Riddle highlights not just his dedication to wrestling, but combat sports as a whole and how he got started in the fighting and combat sports arena. And I thought it was a really great insight to not just Matt Riddle's personality, but the regiment, no relation to to uh, Riddick Moss, but the regiment and the workouts and the hard work that goes into building the King of Bros. Matt Riddle striking some heavy bags and going over submissions and German suplexing some body bags, and by body bags I mean actual you know bags that are shaped like humans. I thought it was a cool piece. Uh, really. Really nice to see how hard uh, Matt Riddle is working and really adding that element of realism into the promo aspect of pro wrestling. Main events for this first week in July, and uh, I don't know how we ended up here because I still have to go backwards and discuss Shayna and Shirai in the Steel Cage match. So we're jumping all over the place here. Uh, just a couple more things to highlight. Loved this because Shayna Baszler has MMA experience inside of a cage, but the change of rules could have affected her strategy going into this one. Shayna winning this match, but through a very unique circumstance that she would never be able to win a mixed martial arts cage fight in. The chaos was brought up a whole notch. Shirai would use this new intensity and it called for a new environment. I really couldn't think of a better way. To dust off this rivalry and move Shayna Baszler past such a good rivalry. This, Shayna's had good feuds for the championship before. Ember Moon might be my personal favorite. I really liked the fact that Kyrie Sane had a change of attitude. And I liked that her best friend in Io Shirai was able to follow suit with a similar new aggression. But Shirai and Kyrie expressed this new aggression through completely... Different means. The chaos in this match will be brought up a completely different notch again with the addition of the Queen's Army, knocking out the referee, locking Io Shirai in the cage, preventing her escape. Candace would come to the rescue from the top in an attempt to aid Io Shirai in this championship conquest. We, of course, saw my favorite spot in this match and what I had been sitting on the couch and waiting to see and that would be the moonsault from the top rope by Io Shirai to Shayna Baszler. The calamity at the door continued, the clutch would get locked in, and Shayna Baszler would get rocked by the door of the cage and fall over the top rope to the ground. Now, if you thought that the stomping grounds finish between Kofi Kingston and Dolph Ziggler was crazy, then you had to appreciate the unique ending to this steel cage as well. And here's the shocking stuff, ladies and gentlemen. Io Shirai would strike Candice LeRae with the steel cage. With the steel cage. With the steel chair. The steel chair that was in the steel cage, I should be saying. And a suplex on this steel chair as well. Turning on Candice LeRae. Absolutely drilling home the fact that Shirai does not need friends. She does not need anybody. All she needs is... Is herself. Shirai has absolutely snapped. And I don't know. How somebody. Who idolizes Rey Mysterio. And has something in common with me. Of Rey Mysterio being their favorite pro wrestler. And what inspired her to start and adapt the style. That we know is hers today. Could turn heel. And bring out. Such a savage attitude. Like this. A darker Io Shirai. A scarier Io Shirai. And an Io Shirai that doesn't need anyone else. And this would be... If you didn't believe it at the end of this matchup... Shirai would state on the July 10th edition of NXT just a couple weeks later... I don't need friends. And I don't need any of you. My view of why Shirai turns... Real big rebuilding period for the NXT women's division. We needed a new foil. We need a new evil in this division. It can't be Shayna and Duke and Shafir forever. It can't just be the three of them sitting at the top. There's got to be some layers. And yes, we have Vanessa Bourne and Aaliyah doing some of their best work to try and rise through the ranks. But they needed somebody established as well in the ring as well as they are able to profess their personality, I guess. i really, really lost on the words here. It's just, it was good because of how unexpected it was. The seeds were planted with the TakeOver 25 attack post-match onto Shayna. We saw it happen where she would stomp out Jasmine Duke's arm. We saw plenty of actions by Io Shirai that would infer a change in attitude, but I don't think anybody expected this aggression and to take it out on somebody who was considered a friend of hers like Candice LeRae. So we saw a new aggression brought out in Kyrie Sane but she never took it out on anybody else. This is a whole different can of worms when it comes to what has happened to Io Shirai and I can't wait to see where it goes. I love a good rivalry outside of a championship picture and I think we're going to get that in the women's division when Candice LeRae gets her hands on Io Shirai. Now, I think I'm finally back on track as far as the June edition of NXT goes. Let's jump into some more recent stuff. July 3rd, Mia Yim took on Aaliyah, accompanied by Vanessa Bourne. Vanessa Bourne and Aliyah referring to Mia Yim as a lower, probably inferring how high class they are. And the bad and bougie born and Aaliyah connection, I like this gimmick. I like this tag team. I think that a tag team needs to be formed in NXT to provide credible contenders for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships because we haven't seen it yet, but they can be defended across each brand. And I think that a tag team in the women's division needs to step up and prove themselves worthy as contenders. And we can have that in Shafir and Duke, but we can also have that with Olya and Born because these two are making great strides in improvement. Olya is an NXT veteran, something that is very difficult to do. I've mentioned it before, and it's a point. I'm going to drive home. She's dedicated to the brand. She gets to stick around on the brand. And I thought that this match here with Mia Yim was her best work. This appeared to be a superficially stimulated rivalry through mocking Mia Yim's looks but Mia Yim knows how tough she is and does not take too kindly to the bullying and would seal that point with a win over Aliyah. Mia Yim is making strides towards becoming the NXT Women's Championship number one contender. And something I really want to really want to discuss in the case of Mia Yim in the scheme of recent NXT Women's Championship number one contenders is that Mia Yim is starting off as a really really aggressive competitor. We saw it in the War Goddess Ember Moon. However, Kairi Sane, when she faced off against Shayna Baszler, had to have an aggressive side brought out of her. Io Shirai, I just discussed the most aggressive side that has been brought out of her recently. These are all things that were pushed by Shayna Baszler. Mia Yim is walking in to this championship scene, already established on the streets, already aggressive, already looking to take the fight to the champion. Mia has not been outdone or assaulted by the Queen's army to this point. There's history there, yes, but Shayna is not going to be able to throw around Mia and sneak attack and get the best of her like she was able to take advantage of, I guess, the more really lack of a better term here, folks, but more passive opponents like Kyrie Sane and like Shirai. Mia Yim is not gonna go is not gonna back down. She's not gonna look for ways to avoid a fight with the champion. She's going to take on head first, and she's already starting out on an aggressive foot. Speaking of Candace. Regal would be asked about Candace, but would answer, "To the Forgotten Sons. Forgotten Sons looking to step up and jump in the front of the line, of the NXT Tag Team Championship picture. But William Regal would send them to the back of the queue, like something you've been meaning to watch on Netflix and never got around to. Way back of the line status for the Forgotten Sons. But you got to keep meaning to watch these guys. You got to watch the Forgotten Sons. You don't know when these savages are going to strike." The tag team title picture, I feel like the chaos was only highlighted in this latter match at TakeOver 25. I, I don't think it subdued anything. I really think it just shone a light on how talented and how chaotic this scene can really be. I discussed the Adam Cole Bay Bay NXT Championship World Celebration Tour. Get out of this city, get out of this school, and find yourself a new hero. Love that line. Adam Cole, such a dick. Such good stuff by the NXT champion. Really just had to highlight that again. Now let's get back to something that I briefly alluded to before. A main event in the first week of July. Between Roderick Strong and Tyler Breeze. Roddy looking to avenge some disrespect shown to the Undisputed Era. And Tyler Breeze looking to end this... This, it's just not something different. It's Tyler Breeze losing in the NXT, in the NXT brands again. I don't like it. And it wouldn't stop here. A backbreaker to the edge of the ring steps and the barricade. Tyler Breeze, yes, able to highlight some new and vintage offense that he was only able to display in NXT matches. However, the end of heartache would continue the heartache for Tyler Breeze and would seal a win for Roderick Strong. (sighs) The saga continues. Speaking of me again, Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang. The saga continues for Tyler Breeze and NXT. Really hope this man gets back on track. I want to see some gold around his waist by the end of 2019. 2019. If the Undisputed Era has anything to say about it, I will not have my wish, but I really wish the best and for some victories for Tyler Breeze. Discussed the breakout tournament before, Swerve Scott versus Cameron Grimes, great match, EST back on track, destroying nobodies, even though I think she's above that. Great main event, Tyler Breeze and and Roderick Strong. Short things here, already Kind of talked about Kushida's match also. Not really much to say on on that front either. I think we're all caught up, guys. I think, uh, I think in the length of time, I would ordinarily give you one week of NXT discussion. We were able to discuss a few elements from a few different past episodes of NXT. And I want to thank you guys again for listening, especially if you have made it this far. July 10th, finally, most recent episode of NXT TV... New evil intro for Io Shirai, I don't need friends and I don't need any of you. Big fan of what Shirai can do in the ring, but I cannot wait to see Candice LeRae get her hands back on this new dark side of Io Shirai. I discussed Damien Priest versus Blanco Loco and and his NXT slash No Mercy Nintendo 64 theme music. There's no way I'd too much from this episode already. Of course, the press conference with the NXT North American champion, the CHAMP, the D-R-E-A-M, Velveteen Dream getting his own podium in Full Sail University, refusing to answer an unapproved question about Roderick Strung as number one contender. The Dream has no memory of approving that question. Will not, uh, will not give you any insight as to who he thinks will be worthy of an NXT North American championship opportunity and would laugh at the prospect of Roderick Strong being the next number one contender for the DREAM's title. T-I-T-L-E in case I got to spell out each five letter word associated with Velveteen. Roddy does have a strong point here and that pun was completely intended He has a win over Tiger Breeze, the last number one contender to the North American Championship. Roddy pinned Velveteen in the six-man tag team match. So already has a pinfall over the current North American Champion. So the pieces are falling into place for another member of the Undisputed Era to get a shot at NXT Championship Gold. And by the end of this edition, we would see another claim by the tag team aspect. The Red Dragon, the Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly connection of the Undisputed Era. But let's talk about Killian Dane just a little bit more. Killian Dane has this IRA mixed with sanity gimmick, a really monster promo on this last week of NXT, just discussing the things he has seen and the environments he has grown up in, and just what has shaped the Beast of Belfast to becoming what he is today. And another great promo, and probably, now that I'm seeing my notes side-by-side with each other, a rivalry I want to see. Killian Dane mixing it up with Keith Lee would be great. Another excellent video package, and I think it's great that Mia Yim and Keith Lee, two good friends, got their own video packages so close on NXT television weeks after each other. Lee has limitless, limitless potential and a great voice. He is the real voice that is your choice for talk on NXT. I hope I'm a, I hope I'm a close second here, folks. I'm, uh, I'm doing everything I can. Grassroot Podcast, Patreon coming soon. Anyway, Lee's limitless potential could possibly shape him as a North American Championship number one contender also. Just another thought that, uh, that passed through the old noggin here. Something else unexpected is coming to NXT. I love how people are getting the opportunity to bounce around the roster. And another comeback to this great brand will be Apollo Crews. Yeah, remember Apollo Crews? Remember his great match with the aforementioned Tiger Breeze at TakeOver... I want to say TakeOver San Antonio, but I'm not 100% sure. I believe it was a TakeOver in Texas. Please message me and correct me on this one. I'm not going to look it up in the middle of the uh, the episode here. But Apollo Cruz will be taking on Kushida next week on the July seventeenth edition of NXT. That is some must see matchup as well. And we're here. The main events of the main events that I will be discussing, it's the Street Profits versus Danny Birch and Oni Lorkin, the one-two punch in NXT Tag Team Title Action. Great. Hard hitting back and forth between two worthy teams, Danny Burch and Oni Larkin getting another shot at the NXT title golds and uh, just coming up short. They've had this opportunity pass them by before at NXT Takeover Chicago One, but the momentum of the new champions cannot be stopped. The street profits are all over the WWE universe as of late. Kind of hosting Monday Night Raw's, doing recaps and previews for pay per views like Extreme Rules. Montez Ford, Angelo Dawkins, two very charismatic fellas that can really bring some eyes to the tag team division on the main roster. With the rise of all elite wrestling and their emphasis on tag team championships and tag team wrestling, I really think it's time to get the spotlight. On some of WWE's best teams, and I would be remiss if I did not mention the Street Profits, the current NXT Tag Team Champions, in that same vein. Really like this match. I could watch Danny Burch uppercut people and Oni Lorcan dive through like a shot put over the top rope as many times as necessary. That would not work out for Oni Lorcan in this matchup. Profits would continue their role with a picture perfect frog splash and picking up a first successful title defense on NXT TV. And this would not go unnoticed without the remaining branch of the Undisputed Era, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish with eyes on the Street Profits, and the NXT Tag Team Titles, which could be a record third time title run for Fish and O'Reilly. And technically the Undisputed Era as a whole. We did have Roddy and KOR working great as a tag team tandem for a little bit. Let's keep Bobby Fish healthy. Nice to see that the swing was off for this particular interaction at the end of the July 10th edition of NXT. And that's going to wrap up the show here, folks. I hope everybody enjoyed this episode. I hope I was able to make your commute to work, your commute to school, your walk to class, your sitting in traffic, you're just working on whatever, and I'm just some background noise of wrestling discussion for you. However, and why you're listening to me is really not important. I just appreciate the support, and thank you guys so much for coming back or jumping on board with Team NXT and checking out episode 90 of the Undisputed Future Podcast. Be sure to reach out to me on all social media sites. The Facebook page is a little bit dead, but it's still kind of going. You give me a like on there, I would appreciate it. Uh, Be sure to follow the Twitter. The Twitter is my most popular form of social media interaction, at podcast underscore UF. I'll be live tweeting some various events this weekend, I'll give some Extreme Rules thoughts, i like to give a moment away from a new NXT television tweet that I haven't done in a little while, but getting this new episode out is really going to get me back on track on my social media outreach and my wrestling discussion, and I've been on the Twitter in this hiatus, it's like when you see one of your friends posting memes on Facebook, but they're not answering your text messages or phone calls, not like anybody phone calls each other anymore, but the point is the same, I've been on the Twitter, but I haven't been giving you guys new episodes, and that's not fair. So I'm going to try and get everything back on track, especially now that I have a consistent schedule that I'm honestly really happy with. I'm on a great, I'm in a great place right now mentally and physically, and I'm hoping you guys are all living the best possible way you're able to. Uh, It's not easy. It's okay not to be okay. It's going to lead to distractions and having to put some things on the back burner and not having the same amount of focus to the things that you want to do because you need to focus on the things that you need to do. And that's absolutely fine. Everybody needs a little bit of a break. But now I'm back on track. We are on the road to episode 100. Be sure to check out the Instagram also at Undisputed. Future podcast, all one word. You'll see some wrestling memes. You'll see some thoughts. You'll see some NXT hype that I find worthy. Hell, you'll see pictures of Colin the Velveteen Dog. Probably my most popular posts are when the dog is featured in his little WWE ring bed. And I'm slowing down because I'm watching him sleep right now. And it's quite the adorable sight. Adopt, don't shop, by the way. Um... For all you pet lovers out there. That about wraps up episode 90. Thank you so much for listening. I really... There's no Team NXT without you guys. There's no point in me jumping back behind this microphone if I didn't think, Hey, I have this support and I have people who want an NXT dedicated podcast. And that's exactly what I'm here to do. I'm CD, Danny Mac. This has been episode 90 of the Undisputed Future podcast. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Enjoy All Elite Wrestling's Fight for the Fallen. Enjoy Evolve's anniversary show, especially if you're there live. Shout out to my New York natives making the trip. And enjoy Extreme Rules. Couple really good matches on that card, including Aleister Black's first solo WWE pay-per-view match against who I consider the perfect opponent, the Swiss cyborg, Cesaro. I do think Aleister Black versus Cesaro will be match of the evening. I'm CD Danny Mac, the voice that is your choice for NXT discussion. Have a great weekend, everybody, and I will talk to you next time.